What's going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I want to welcome you to another special edition of Phoenix Down. It's not really a special edition, but it is another episode. Episode 24.1. We are finishing off uh, Eden Games, published by Atari, Alone in the Dark, 2008. Finally. Finally, finally finishing this game. It seems like we've been playing it as long as Dark Souls. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> But um, yeah. I, you know what, Dave? You seem to be taking very, pretty good notes. We'll just do the the Dave notes instead of Cliff notes. We're going to do the Dave notes of um of Alone in the Dark because I'm sure you have put in your notes everything that I want to talk about. And the first thing we need to talk about was the the last time we left off, we had Sarah, which was the woman companion who was with Edward Carmby. She was being kind of absorbed in this flesh sack um, and um, left on a cliffhanger. And so we – Edward picks up a, an axe, chops her out, and um, we now have to revive her. And there's like this little revive mini game where you have to do chest compressions and then breathe into her mouth. I didn't actually. Can you screw that up and she dies? I don't. I, I never think just kind of so. let it sit there. I don't think so. Yeah, you can mess it up, but I think you just have to redo it. Yeah, I just. This is the thing about this game. Alone in the dark throws in these mini games that are. It's like there's games like I don't know. I, God of War, where you know you're going to do a finishing move on a guy, you know, stab him in the eye and then rip out his heart or some shit like that, and it's always usually the same mini game and uh, quick time event kind of thing, and those have kind of become a staple in that series. You understand? And you know that they're coming. Alone in the Dark throws in these. I, I keep calling them mini games. They're kind of like quick time events. Um, but they feel like they have like it's something that you see once and you'll never ever see it again. Yeah, you know it's like these. Why did you throw this in there? Kind of deal. I, I mean, to to some extent, it's it's kind of interesting that it surfaces things that you would just normally take for granted. Like I'm going to get in this car and press X to hotwire it. Right. You know, okay, I actually have to you know grab the wires and hit the gas pedal at the right time. So, I mean, some of that stuff is kind of interesting, but yeah, I, a lot of it does just kind of wind up being throwaway stuff. Yeah. I just, I, I don't know. It's, that's, that's a lot of things that's, that this game has. that's kind of needless and they like to throw a lot of that stuff at you just at random times too. Like you'll, you'll do like, you'll play two hours of nothing but, shooting guys and blowing up stuff in the exact same way. And then, Oh, we're going to throw in this weird mini game just because. Yeah. I think the real crime of the mini games is that they are there when that time could have been spent polishing the core gameplay. Yeah. Yeah. Basically anything that was done instead of polishing the gameplay was probably not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
his time badly spent. They that that's a perfect example, and I think that sums up this game is that they tried to be too innovative and not actually work on core stuff. You know, now, Drew, I know that you used to juggle those two things and say, yes, it's broken, but it's also the most innovative game I've ever seen. Uh-huh. Do you still feel that way? <sighs> um, <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so here's here's the deal. I'm going to be talking this podcast a lot about how much I hate this game. Um, did it do things in 2008... That I have never seen before. Absolutely. Was it unique for its time? Yes. But I think this is strictly a product of its time. I don't think it holds up. I don't think... It, granted, it didn't really hold up in 2008. I mean, back yeah, then... Yeah, I mean, it, it was broken. It was broken to shit. Yeah. And and I, I can't remember me playing it in 08 on the 360 without the patches and stuff that they threw in. But I remember it was a worse time than this. Yeah, that scares me. Because <laughs> um, I've only ever played this version, the Inferno version. Right. It, I mean, it really, it is scary. I was, uh, for certain points, I was using a fact that I found, and it it must have been off of the original game, because I would read through, and it's like, and there's going to be a big monster here, and there just wouldn't be. Or, you know, we'll get to the, um, is it the extra spe- section. Spectral Vision? And then just like the numbers that you had to get to before, apparently before the patch, because I had to hit much lower numbers. Yeah. Yeah. And just the idea of, you know, like you said, how clunky some of this is, and this is the improved version. Yeah. I can't imagine what the original game was like. It was broken. It was bad. I mean, it, there, there's just, it makes me laugh at times thinking about it. Because it's it's one of those games where you kind of just get used to the shit, and you, it's like you've conditioned yourself to play shitty because you have to play a shitty game. It, it's weird. It's like, okay, all right, I'm running away from this guy, and I want to throw a, a, a Molotov cocktail at him. All right, I'm running away. Now i got to remember to do a 360 and then turn and exactly throw it the way I want to. And It's like you condition yourself. It's like I'm a fucking master with this PlayStation controller trying to like <laughs> put together this small piece of, of, of a glass. I'm putting a piece of glass together, and if I fuck up once, it's going to like just shatter into a million pieces, and i got to start over. And that's how I felt while I was playing this game. And then whenever I sat down and just like thought about it, I'm like, my God, what the fuck is wrong with me? Well, and the other thing is, I mean, how old were you in 2008? In 2008? 23? So... 22, I think. 22, 23. I mean, it's not like you were still in high school, but I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that you were probably playing fewer games at one time... And maybe in a position where, I, I mean, I, I suppose if this was the only thing that you were playing, you would just kind of adapt to all of the quirky things about it. Yeah. And sort of learn to work with those. But it's like if you're playing this and then you go play something else and then you come back to this, then it just really magnifies how bad some of the mechanics are. Yeah. I mean, going back to it now. 
which we'll, I'll get into that a little bit later. But anyway, so we save Sarah, bring her back to life. I think they have like a moment where they like kind of have like a touching moment, like I love you moment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My notes say CPR controls and now they're making out. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah. A person you met not even an hour ago in the most fucked up situations ever. Yep. I don't trust her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So after that, we make it, we go through the museum. And here's where I think something changed. I may be wrong. But for some reason, I remember going through some of this museum stuff, and there was like this big abomination-looking thing chasing me. It wasn't chasing me. It was like the, like a long hallway, and when I turned the corner of that hallway, it was standing there, and it was going, and I had to do something to, to hurt it. And I can't remember, and it was kind of a difficult fight to deal with. I think they removed that from the Inferno version. I honestly do because I I distinctly remember being in a dark museum and there was there's a long hallway and there's like this big hulking looks kind of like the abomination from Left for Dead you know this big giant zombie looking thing and it, it it was keeping me from progressing through the hallway and I had to figure out how to hurt it and it took a long time to kill it maybe I'm getting my games mixed up. But I'm pretty damn sure that was in Alone in the Dark. And if that's the case, they completely removed that fight from the game in this version. I may be wrong. Hmm. No, I certainly don't remember anything like that. Oh, I know. Yeah, I, I don't remember it, and I don't see anything about it in the. In the fact, I, I could be completely wrong. This may be another game I'm getting mixed up with. I can't remember. But. Um, yeah, going through the museum, there's a few parts where you have to do a few puzzles and stuff like that. I mean, this game util- tries to utilize puzzles by using the physics. Problem is, the physics are broken all the hell. And so there's a bunch of times where things aren't working correctly and you did everything you could to make it work. That It's, it's not exactly a puzzle, but I'm curious if you guys ran into this. Um there is a part in the museum where basically there's um, there's like lasers that run along the floor yeah. and doors will only open if they're getting all the way to the other wall. Okay. So there's parts mm-hmm. where, you know, there'll be like a hive blocking it. You shoot it with a fire bullet, it withers, and then the laser goes all the way through and the door opens. Yeah. So there's this one part where basically – there is a room that's blocked off that has hives in it that are blocking the lasers. There is kind of a hole up in the wall. And the idea is you go get, you know, a glass bottle, you make a Molotov cocktail, you light it, you throw it over, it breaks, the fire spreads and the hives burn. And then the lasers open the door. Okay. Yep. I remember that part. The problem I had, and it happened more than once, like four times was I would take a glass bottle that was not taped and I would throw it over the wall and it would stick to the ceiling. Hmm. Did that huh. happen to you guys at all? No. Okay. Doesn't sound like it's supposed to happen. <laughs> no, it, because, because 
I, you know, I went back and I was like, I, I really want to make sure that I've not taped these bottles. And it, had, it took me like five tries to actually get one to go into the room. Yeah, that sounds about on par yeah. <laughs> for this yeah, game. I'm not surprised at all that that happened. <laughs> so um, after that, we, we eventually make it to the, the boss fight of the museum, which is this gigantic like scorpion spider looking thing with like a human head and it talks to you sometimes and basically it throws I guess knives at you some kind of dagger looking things yeah enemies seem to be fond of that because you fight someone later with those daggers at you yeah the really tall ones yeah, yeah. yeah there's a couple of them in Central Park around the, the roots yeah but um you have to hide behind these uh, pillars uh, especially whenever you uh, whenever he does his little charge move that like it makes everything like it's like it it, it kind of like i don't know what it is it's like wind yeah wind basically. wind blowing and you have to hide behind the pillars because see i, I got it mixed up because i thought i was supposed to stay away from the pillars because they were lighting up i'm like oh something bad is going to happen in these areas no i'm supposed to be in those those are the safe zones i couldn't figure that out for the first twice twice it happened I mean that that fight is kind of cool because you'll you know you're hiding behind these pillars and then he will basically run up and just grab the pillar and rip it out of the floor. Yeah, right when you think you're safe. <laughs> yeah, I actually thought that was really cool. But um, this one like I do have to mention, especially whenever we get later on into Central Park, um, this room is just basically a respawn of exploding containers there's like a corner of this room where there's always going to be some type of container you can use yeah i really wish that would happen in central park yeah i had to i i didn't do near as much of the stuff as you guys did in central park i did find one building that seemed to have a good supply there was like a kitchen in it but otherwise i was like stopping at every car to try and raid the glove box yeah, and it yeah was, that's, it, what, that's what i was doing it was it the was, only reliable place to find things i thought yeah it was only tape usually <laughs> but, um, See, most of the time i feel like i got health spray or the plastic explodable bottles yeah every once in a while i found bandages but most of the time it was one of those two if it was anything a lot of them were empty yeah but oh my god so after the the boss fight, and and just one thing real quick about that, um, you're totally right about the the corner that you can kind of empty and go back to. Yeah. But one of the things that I don't know how I, I guess I just didn't notice it up until that point, but stuff that's on the ground is really not visible in any. Yes, I was going to make a point of that. Thanks for thank you for bringing that up. You know, like the you know, like Resident Evil games will usually like you know stuff will like kind of glimmer a little bit, or you know there'll be a little bit of shine. Alone in the dark, I would just kind of walk over into a corner. I'm like, oh, apparently there's shit to pick up here. Yeah, yeah. I can't tell you how much time I spent running through Central Park, being like, all right, there's got to be a picnic table around here somewhere, and just kind of like looking off, and all I would see is darkness with some fog rolling through. I'm like, I wish that there was some way for me to find out where things are, because I need stuff, anything. Well, at least it lives up to its name. 
<laughs> well, there's that, yeah. Yeah. This game is very dark, and I think it's very dark due to the fact that they want to hide some of the shitty fucking textures in this game. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, I swear to God, that same animation of, like, when you when you hotwire a car and it shows his foot pushing on the pedal, that entire, like, scene right there is completely fucking ugly. Yeah. Like, it, it looks like his foot is inside of a cardboard box. Like, it has no... It's just a gray... It's like four gray walls and him pushing down on a pedal. I'm just like, this is fucking ugly. It's like, it's not even done. It's like when you, it's like whenever you play an Unreal Engine three game and the textures haven't loaded. That's oh, all yeah. of Alone in the Dark. <laughs> See, I didn't think the environments looked all that bad from a distance. From a distance, yeah. But I mean, I was like, it, it, there's always these certain certain times in this game where just things just look horrible yeah i would yeah. say it's highly inconsistent but at some points I, I was shocked by how good it looked yeah for how old of a game it is yeah like i mean some of the outdoor stuff is is nice some of the some of the architectural stuff is kind of cool but yeah like in the in the case of the the stepping on the pedal it's almost like at some point they said oh we made this mechanic who made the animation for it and then there was just <laughs> dead silence we have we made some placeholder animation. Yeah. Oh well, shit. We got to run with that. It's like it's like they're just shoving stock footage in the, in the middle of that little scene. Because yeah, every once in a while there's just something. It's like what? Who? What? It it just seems so out of place. The, I swear to God, the the perpetual wind that is blowing in every fucking cutscene it still makes me laugh his hair is always flying in the wind his jacket is always like you know for like for the first second of the of the scene it's always like he just like got hit by a gust of wind everywhere in a cave you know just like oh my god there's even one part later on that i gotta talk about this fucking hilarious had me fucking laughing my ass off but um, so after after the boss fight, we run back into Sarah. There's a door that we have to. It, it's it's kind of like um, hand is it? I guess fingerprints. It checks fingerprints. Oh yeah, like a handprint identification or something. Yeah, and um, so we have to get one of the security guards' hands. <laughs> So you have to, and so none of this shit is like, like you said, like, like, like shimmering or something like that. For the longest, I had to look it up in the fact. I was like, well, I don't know what the fuck to do. I can't grab this dead body, you know, and then yeah. put his arm up there. Yeah, I was trying to drag him over. And then because that is a mechanic that yeah. you can do throughout the game, although there's not much reason to. Oh, I found a lot of reason to whenever I'm trophy hunting, trying to kill a bunch of humans. I stand next to a fire, knock their asses out, then grab them by the leg and throw them in the fire. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, uh, you have to, there's a sword on a wall, um, that is, it's kind of like mounted on a wall and you have to shoot the mounts so that the sword will fall. Then you can use the sword. There is no indication of you need to do this. So I, yeah. ran, I ran around this fucking room for like a good 10 minutes saying, Where the, what the fuck do I need to do? Yeah, you can't even walk up to it and get like the action button prompt. You have to shoot it off the wall. Yeah. You know, like in, at least in Resident Evil, you walk up to something that says, huh, this could be shot off. 
or something like that, you know? Yeah, uh, this looks like it might be loose. Yeah, or some some bullshit like that could have helped. But yeah, I shot it off, and then the fucking janky swinging in this fucking game. I swear to God, I missed this guy's arm at least <laughs> ten times. Like, are you fucking kidding me? He's not even moving. You know, I'm just like, I kept hitting like the the the, the rock that's above him or swinging it the wrong way. I'm like, God damn. Yeah, I still stand by one of the, the weirdest things in this whole game is that when you're in, when you're like zoomed in and like locked on basically so that you can swing, it still really weirds me out that the right analog stick controls both the swing and the camera. Yeah. That kills me because I was trying to bash down some doors later in the game and I kept hitting the like the the, the wall next to the door. <laughs> and so all I was trying to do was like back up a little bit or turn a little bit but the game couldn't decide if I was trying to swing to the right or move the camera <laughs> to the right. Like how do you design something where one button controls two different things at the same time? Oh, it was killing me. There's another there's another problem with that is like when you do lock on to an enemy for some reason the game is selective on what enemy you want to target. So I have a guy in front of me who's about to hit me and there's a guy slightly to the left of him and probably about 10 feet away <laughs> and it locks onto the guy in 10 feet away and i'm like no i don't want to hit that guy i want to hit the guy directly in front of me it's so fucking st- and i end up missing that's the thing it's like i like seriously you gotta be fucking kidding me man this oh my god this fucking game man <laughs> or like when i'm trying to do an overhead chop and instead of that, he just aggressively takes his axe and, like, puts it to the side. Yeah. Very quickly, but he doesn't actually swing it. Like, what are you doing? Swing! <laughs> it's like, like I said, it's like a fucking puzzle. You have to move it just right. You know, you, you gotta hold this button. You gotta lock on. You gotta move the move the stick ever so slightly to the left. And the thing was, I'm sure left. that was a great idea. When they were like, look at this, this is gonna be analog swinging. Yeah. How cool is this gonna be? It's not push a button to swing. It's swing in whatever direction you want, which sounds great. But if you can't actually do that, it's so much more of a hindrance than it is a cool feature. Well, and like I think we talked about last time, you know, the lock on is less you're locking on to an enemy like in a Zelda game and more you're locking yourself facing in this direction. Yeah. Yeah. It's like your strafe almost. Yeah, so you're you're really just locking yourself, looking forward. As people move around you, you're not reacting to that. Exactly. Oh my god, yeah. it's like so... a different first person first person mode. Because you already have enough crap that you can only do in first or third person. Now you have a, a, a new way to look at your character, and you can only do some other things in. So anyway, we eventually make it to room nine four three, <laughs> which is like. A metal shack off of, like, a maintenance hallway. It, <laughs> Inside of a museum. Yeah, it it looks like a shanty town. Yeah, it, it looks like, it, it, it honestly, it looks like a fucking, like, a, like the metal crates that you see in, like, shipping yards. What's those called? Oh, the, uh, like, shipping containers? Yeah, shipping containers. It's what it looks like. It looks like a fucking shipping container that's turned into a trailer. Did you guys see the bucket toilet? <laughs> it's like around the corner in the oh, yeah. room. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
because uh, yeah, well, I, I explored every fucking foot of that damn place because I didn't know what to do. Mm. Uh, yeah. Me too. Yeah. So <laughs> we eventually make it to room nine four three, and some shit happens. The lights go out, and we need to figure out what the fuck to do. So the first thing I did was pull out a flashlight. And start walking around this fucking area. It's not that big. You know, and so I, I, I was like, okay, I have no idea what to go, where to go, or what to do. Eventually it does pop up, try closing your eyes. Which was yeah. a, which was a mechanic I totally forgot about because I only had to do it at the beginning of the fucking game. That part killed me because I kept closing my eyes, uh, but I was in third person. Uh-huh. Which doesn't close your eyes. It turns the camera around and faces behind you. And then I'm like, what? Nothing's working. So then I'm like looking up in the fact, I'm like, what the hell am I supposed to do? And they're like, look for the ghost in this general area. So here I am, like, it's already hard enough to do, to make Edward do what I want him to do. Now I'm trying to, like, do that backwards so that I can look over my shoulder to see <laughs> something. Like, this is absurd. Like, I can't do this forward. How, how am I supposed to do it backwards? And that's clearly not working. I don't see any ghosts anywhere. And then, like, it took me probably, like, 20 minutes before I realized that I was not actually closing my eyes, which I couldn't tell because it was dark. Right. I couldn't tell that I wasn't closing my eyes. Uh, and then I just finally figured it out. I'm like, all right, now I see a ghost. Thank you very much. Piece of shit game. And, and one of the things that I randomly found out, Drew, just because you mentioned that you had forgotten about the eye closing – at some point, I don't know if it was like one of the tooltips on a loading screen or what, but somehow it got pointed out that you can close your eyes to see fissures mm-hmm. like on enemies. Really? Yeah. Yep. What? Yes, but you can't see your aiming reticle. So I don't know what the fuck the point is. Yeah. Dude, well, those... the point is that they stay highlighted a little bit once you open your eyes again. Okay, yeah. And the yeah, more spectral that's, vision you have, the longer they're supposed to stay lit up. Okay. That's fair. But yeah, they totally – I kind of found that out by accident. I don't even remember where I saw that. Uh, that's that's crazy because that – might have been in the, That might have been in the fact actually. That might not have even come from the game now that I think about it. But that, I could never actually hit him in the fissure anyway. Yeah, I was about to say, that's, that shit's impossible anyway because those fuckers juke me out every fucking time. Yeah. It's like they know I'm going to shoot them. I got my gun aimed at them. It's like, oh, I'm going to fucking duck to the right. Oh, man, that fucks me up completely, man. You know, I pull out I pull out a fucking gun, you know. I'm ready to blow your ass away with fire bullets. And he moves to the right slightly. Oh, shit, the game's over. I might as well reload the last checkpoint. You know, it's just like something so small like that will fuck you up in this game. Yeah, Along those lines, one of my favorite parts of this whole game was because uh, I, I preferred to use like the spray cans and the lighter. That was my preferred method throughout this whole game of uh-huh. dispatching the humans. And there was one part where this human must have chased me for like a quarter mile down the road. And I kept like turning around. And he was still there. So I keep running. And I just kept running and kept running and kept running. I'm like, man, this guy will not stop. Because a lot of them, like, you know, there's a certain radius where they just give up and go back to whatever they're doing. I felt like this one was chasing me for miles on end. And then I finally go into first person, get situated with, you know, my my lighter in my right hand, my can of spray in my left hand, and it comes up into that ready-to-go animation where you've got them both in front of your face. 
And then I turn around and get this guy. As soon as he sees me like coming back at him, he turns around and books. Like, he doesn't want anything to do with me. So like, he just chased me like a quarter mile. And then as soon as I turn around and start chasing him down, I can't catch him. <laughs> oh, shit. He's got aerosol. <laughs> and for some reason, I don't know, I was cracking up at that. And it was like one of my favorite parts of the whole game. Oh well, I mean, there's there's some plenty plenty of parts uh, that coming up, but um, so we have to look at the ghost of of Theophile, which is very weird. It's a very odd looking thing. So it's always him pointing somewhere, and then it's basically him using the things in the environment, things around this room, to basically say Sarah needs to knock out Edward. And so she knocks him out. He sees him in a dream, uh, talking to him, saying, "Hey, you gotta use something to." Honestly, I've I've actually played both endings twice now. I have no idea what the point of this whole story is. Yeah, because I mean, we're gonna talk about it in a little bit, but all right, I get it. Something bad shit's happening. Lucifer is about to be released onto Earth. Okay? The Lightbringer. He's so, coming. Yeah, he's coming. That's all I know. We're supposed to stop that by using a key and using the lock. And you have to create the lock. Luckily, Theophile has the components to create the lock there. Um, And so after all that... Sarah stays in room 943 to basically construct the lock. How does she know how to do this? I don't know. She's, I guess she's just using Theophile's notes. Yeah. Well, that was part of it also. She gives you updates from his notes, right? Holy shit. Lady, stop it with the fucking text <laughs> messages. Please. Because I swear to God, it's every five seconds I'm getting a text message, and I'm I'm here getting the shit knocked out of me by a fucking bad guy, and, and a new message, bing bing bing. I'm like, God damn it, just leave me alone for a minute. Random entry from a journal that Theophile wrote eight years ago. Yeah, which yeah. gets a little text happy at one point. Yeah, it's it's oh my god, when you're burning the roots, like mm-hmm. when when you get the spe- when you get spectral vision to the point where you can actually go to the final ending part she texts you every five seconds dude you got enough spectral vision let's go man come on i'm like fuck you i want to get these trophies <laughs> fuck your stones <laughs> yeah, fuck your stones lady fuck your lock you know so it's so fucking oh my god after that we decide to go to the castle um in order to do that we have to use our flashlight and this little i don't know what it's called it's like a shadow puppet. We have to we have to make this symbol using the flashlight of basically what's on the stone, the symbol of the stone. You'll see a symbol of fucking everywhere. I mean, hell, it's every trophy is the symbol. Um, and so uh, there's certain areas and certain places on the wall where we have to f- shine it. And let me be specific here. You have to shine it perfectly. On that fucking wall, you can't you can't you can't be off by a little bit. You can't be slightly to the right. You have to position yourself correctly, directly in front of it. You have to make it so it's the exact same size. So moving back and forth, trying to figure this shit out. 
And then you have to hold it there for about three, four seconds before you finally start seeing that it's actually working. Oh, I'm so glad I'm not the only person who had that problem. Trust me. That's that's another thing that's just broken about this game. <laughs> oh, my God. See, I, didn't, I, I had that problem, but not until I got to that church or whatever it was yeah, later on. Yeah. Like, I had trouble with it there and that exact problem multiple times. But I had that trouble there whenever you're in the area with the fucking goo. Oh, yes. Yes, exactly. That one room. Seriously, oh. man. Fuck that goo to death. I mean, th- that room is is necessary. But there's a room later on that is optional. It's whenever you're burning the roots. You have to go underground and burn the specific root in this dumbass fucking pattern that never worked. Um, but there's but before you get to that room, it's full of the fucking ooze and oh my god, that is just it's so fucking annoying. It is there to do nothing but hinder your ass. Yep. You know, and it's just oh god. You know, is there? I, did I miss it? Is there like an explanation for it? No, it's just there. I don't know. It, it may be one of Theophile's notes. I don't know. I didn't read them. It was just, oh my god, I hated that shit so bad. So yeah, yeah, so eventually we have to make it to this castle tower looking thing. It almost looks like an observatory. And um, we have to flash, we have to do the symbol on on the wall to make basically an elevator appear. Um, First of all, was it it five or six different symbols we had to find? Six. Six. Yeah. Finding them was a task in and of itself because you have to go in the first person. You have to close your eyes. You have to hold it down, and then you hear the shh. That means you found one, but it always made that fucking sound every time I close my eyes. I'm like, okay, where the fuck is it? I don't fucking see it. It, Yeah, it makes it if you're near it, not necessarily looking at it. Yeah. So I mean, if if it is anywhere within your field, not not within your line of sight. But just in the direction you're looking at, because like there's a whole bunch of them on or around the building, and then there's one that's kind of on a patio out in front of the building. Yeah. I kept getting the trigger for that because, you know, there's like an audio clue when I was standing inside the building behind the reception desk. <laughs> and I happened to be looking in that direction because eventually you figure out it's like, okay, I some of the time when I do this, there's a sound. So that's got to be cluing me in on something. Did you get but the I, one behind the desk at that point? Yeah, I had the one behind okay. the desk. Um, but it took me forever to find it because it is literally, if your guy is looking in that direction, it could be two miles away. That little sound will go off. Yeah. So we did skip a part. Getting to the castle is an ordeal. I was going to say, we skipped the subway. Well, we we skipped more than that then. I totally forgot about that. I, I'm I'm just trying to get through this shit because I hate talking about it. <laughs> but uh, it's all right. So the first part is when we when we try to make it to the castle, we have to go underground, obviously. Um, and there's a part where the physics come into play multiple times, and it has to do with you using a fucking forklift. Oh, God. Oh, my God. A forklift. I can't believe I didn't make any notes about that. Yeah, it was fucking horrible. The the, the, the end. That's your notes. This is the dumbest shit in the world. It controls like fucking ass. It it 
Boxes are slippery as balls. Yeah. I swear to God. So you have to lift up this this ramp. It's basically just a bunch of shit laying on the on the ground in a on a plank. You have to lift this plank up, then with the forklift, get off the forklift while it's still lifting it up, pull a lever. The lever releases this little it's like a block that comes out of the wall. And what you're supposed to do is is let the forklift down so that the the plank lands on the 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 board so you can then use the forklift to drive up the plank and up to a higher platform i did this i swear to god four or five times all because the physics in this game are a fucking nightmare <laughs> it's because i i had it perfect right I had it set up i swear to god the plank was up high enough, the board came in, the plank was there, but the board pushed on the fucking forklift, flipped the forklift over to where I couldn't get back in it. <laughs> I had to restart that fucking checkpoint. I was like, you got to be fucking <laughs> shitting me. He's like, I was like, how do you, is there a way to flip this fucking thing over? I was like, you know, in Halo, whenever you flip the warthog, you can just hit a button and he flips the whole fucking warthog. No, this doesn't exist. When you flip that thing, game over, man. We are done. There's nothing else you can do. I had that problem with my car a lot in the last sequence. I would wind up rolling it and that, yep, you're done. Yeah. No, we'll get into that. That, <laughs> trust me, that's the, that's where most of my anger goes. Now, see, the the forklift, I was okay with most of the operation where my issue came in, and it, it wasn't – it was partly execution, but just me partly being angry at them for doing such a shitty job. Um, there's basically this high platform, and there are stacks of boxes. They're stacked in two, and basically you need to move a stack of two over, and then you need to move one separate box over so you can yep. make stairs to get up. Yeah. There's no button prompt or anything like that to climb. So basically, you just need to walk up against the box and keep hitting the jump button until he decides to climb up. All the while hoping that while you're walking, you're not pushing the boxes out of alignment. Yeah. I actually had a weird construct. Like, I just made a pile of boxes <laughs> because I could not carry a stack of two without the top one toppling over. Yeah. So I think I had about four boxes over there randomly assorted, and I jumped onto one box, and then I jumped onto the forklift, and then I jumped onto the other set of boxes. That's what I did. Oh. I used the forklift as a platform. Yeah. I just oh. like – Go ahead, go ahead. Like I would be you know, on the first box and pressing up against the second box, and I would hit the jump button four times, and he would do his like you know straight up like I'm blocking a shot in the NBA thing. And then the fifth time, he'd be like, oh, okay, you want me to climb up? No fucking rhyme or reason to it at all. You want to hear something real fun? So I had to reload my checkpoint from there, too. Well, I mean, it, it forced me to because I died. What happened was I wanted to – I made it up there to bring the lift up so I can drive the drive the forklift over and then lift up. Basically, what we're trying to do is get a, a for, the forklift to lift up a garage door. Um, and I had, I had everything set up, um, but I had the boxes to basically where they were tipped with each other. 
So it was like it, they were at a point. And so I was like, all right, I was going to drop down onto the boxes, jump into the forklift, drive over, right? Well, when I dropped down, apparently the game didn't know what the hell to do because the boxes were kind of tipped on each other. So I was stuck in this animation loop of him falling. He was just yeah, that happened to me a couple times. His arms today. his arms were straight up in the air like he was just straight up just falling infinitely. Eventually a an invisible floor showed up and he finally just fell to the ground but it but the game acted like I had been dropping the entire time. So it thought this was just a huge fucking fall that I had just did. So I landed and died. So I was like in an infinite fall animation and the game said, oh, he's dropping like 400 feet. And then when I landed, <laughs> I fucking died. I was like, you gotta be fucking shitting me. That happened to me outside when I got stuck between two cars. And like I just jumped, try and jump on top of it, fell in between them. So we're only like two feet off the ground, same thing. Yeah. And then I was just falling between these two cars. <laughs> For minutes, and then all of a sudden I died. And I'm like, oh, awesome. <laughs> this fucking game, man. This game. <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. Oh, I fought this game so much. But anyway, after that, we make it to the subway area, which was chapter. It's part of it. it was partially six. I think it's the beginning of six. Does does five end with you on the subway train with the guy chasing you? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, with the big monster thing. Yeah, which that took me a while to figure out that I wasn't just supposed to keep damaging him. Yeah. Wait, that was six, right? Or five? That was chapter. I think that's the end of five. five. That was the end of chapter five, then going into six. I think. I could be wrong. But yeah, that I did the same thing you did. Dave, where I spent a lot of time, I'm like, all right, I've used every explodable bottle I have, plus the ones on the ground, plus I got somewhat good at shooting the ones on the sidewall. Uh, but after I hit him like 11 times and he did not die, I'm like, all right, something is not working here. Yeah, I I died, and I was like, okay, I'm not, I, I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to run. So that's what I decided to do, and oh, that's what you're supposed to do. So you run through all the train cars and stuff like that, and eventually you 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 make it out of there. Um, you make it out of there by surviving a pretty horrendous subway crash. Yeah, that's yeah. And then when you start the chapter, you if you turn around, it looks like nothing even happened. Yeah, you, know, you just keep walking forward, and then there's like these survivors. There's multiple times where you run into people who are like, "Hey, we need help over here," and then they're dead like that. Yeah, one one thing about the the subway fight that I kind of wish I had known for the rest of the game, and this was another one of those weird things that I just kind of they probably mentioned it at the beginning. If you like. You're you're looking at your jacket and you have something in your left hand and something in your right hand. You can assign that to a button on the right side of the controller. Yeah, your favorites. Yeah. yeah. So that any time, which was great because like if you pick taped bottle and gun, then even if you have untaped bottles, 
you will just pull out a taped bottle and your gun. Ah. Really? Yeah. So if you have the ingredients to make that, it will auto-make it for you? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Because that's what I used for that entire fight. I just kept picking up bottles and then hitting my favorite and then throwing it and it would stick to him and I'd shoot it. But that, I mean, that turns out to be a really fucking useful thing that kind of gets glossed over. Well, the thing is, is I never used tape bottles at all unless it was like a puzzle that needed it. So oh, I stuck those shits to everything. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't do any of that. I did the whole slow motion, throw it in the air, and then whenever it gets kind of close to a group of them, shoot it. Then, you know, that's what I used to do. I mean, that's what I did throughout most of this game. But that comes to bite me in the ass, which is what we're, I'm going to be talking about a little bit later. Um, but uh, so the subway stuff is a, this is huge fight with a bunch of humans, which is where I grinded to get my platinum. To kill all the humans, kill 100 humans. Because there's a nice fire right there. I'd knock out all of them, just <laughs> casually drag them into the fire. <laughs> um, but after that, is that, at the end of that chapter, is that whenever we run into Crowley on in the helicopter? Yeah, where you're you're running around and having to follow the helicopter searchlight through the black goo. Yeah, he's he calls him on the cell phone finally. It's like, so you ready to give in? Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> and then, well, then that, that's the best part because you've you've just improbably survived the subway crash, and then you immediately survive a helicopter crash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and apparently, so does he. Yes. We don't know how. He just shows up at the end. But, uh, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, they, they do that. And there was another part where I didn't really know what to do. I, I know that there was debris falling from the helicopter crash. Like, you're over this cliff hanging on to yet another electrical rope. Um, and you have to climb up. I guess you just have to climb up. But it, it constantly kept throwing stuff at me and I couldn't avoid it and it kept knocking me back down. I'm like, do I have to just wait this shit out? Yeah, that was the impression I got. You just have to get hit a bunch of times and then eventually you can make it high enough to yeah, continue. Yeah, pretty much. So, but after that, um, that's when we start going into the roots of evil, I think. Or am I wrong? Um, I've skipped around a, a lot. It is, but you're skipping one of the truly obnoxious parts. Um, so you climb up the cable, you you know narrowly avoid the following flaming helicopter by jumping onto a subway car, which then crashes, and it's it's like Jurassic Park Two, where you're <laughs> on a rope inside of a hanging car. Right. Yeah. Um, but there are those little um, the spitting things. The yeah. rats, yeah. Basically, there's there's the rope in the car, and the idea is you need to climb the rope. But these things will run down and spit poison, so you need to get on the rope, quickly switch to first person, quickly pull out your gun, shoot the thing, start to climb when you see another one, quickly switch to first person. Quickly, it's fucking terrible. Not just that, but for some reason. The game knows what you're trying to do. You're trying to shoot these rats, right? <laughs> so when you go to first person, why not start me looking straight up at them? 
Yeah, like I was last time. Instead nope. of no, staring you, at the wall. You're staring at the wall, and you have to slowly move up. And it's just, god damn, it's fucking... I was like, this is stupid. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. that took me so many tries. Until, I mean, eventually, you just kind of figure out, as soon as you see one of these things, you know, you have start to start stupid. this chain because it takes so long. <laughs> but that... I think that's... Yeah, that's the point where I started, and... I was like 20 minutes in, and I'm like, nope, I'm turning this off, because fuck this. Yeah, so the castle and all that is the end of Chapter 7. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that that makes sense. (laughs) I've skipped all over this shit. So after we get to the castle, we go up the elevator, we... I actually had trouble with the guy on the roof there. Which one? Uh, he, oh yeah, he, he comes. I I threw one bottle and blew him up. Man, for some reason I w- I threw like three or four bottles, and he didn't die. And then basically I had to jump off the roof, and go <laughs> spend fifteen minutes searching for more bottles, and then like I died, and then I had to do it again. And it wasn't hard. I just. It was one of those points where I was just like, why is it so hard for me to refill on supplies here? I hate having to go search through all these cars and hoof it from one car to the next. And, uh, I mean, yeah, he wasn't hard, but for some reason he took my full, like, four items to kill him. Hmm. Oh, I don't know. I must have got lucky. One bottle and he was done. Yeah. I just... It seems to me glass bottles do more damage than... The plastic ones do. They seem to have a more bigger blast radius. Hmm. So after that, we make it to the the main. For me, it seems like I remember. I distinctly remember looking for all these routes, and for some reason, taking a long fucking time to do. Um, this time around, it took me maybe an hour and a half. I did this in a, a, a night. I did all of chapter eight in a night. Now, granted, that was probably from four o'clock in the afternoon. I finally finished it around nine. Because mm-hmm. I mean, so I ran. That's a lot of grinding. Well, I mean, it is. It, well, it's it, honestly, it's not. It's it's mostly traveling because Central Park is fucking huge. Well, yeah. traveling and making sure that you actually have stuff to Supplies. blow up the with. Exactly. That's the biggest fucking thing I had the problem with. I didn't have a problem with the enemies. I didn't have a problem with anything like that, making it to where I needed to be or figuring out what, how I needed to destroy these routes. Because there are some that take a little finesse to complete. Yeah. Yeah, but- like there's there's the one where you have to like stick a flaming bottle to a rat so yeah. that it will climb up the rope. Yeah. yeah. That was the one that I just gave up on one to one time, and I was like, fuck it, I'll do it tomorrow. But most of them were just like, walk up, burn it, and you can leave. You don't have to fight anybody most of the time. Yeah. I'm, I was telling Matt, I think, Drew, before you got on, there were a couple where I would get to the area, and I don't, maybe if it's just because it was dark and I you know, wasn't in first person with my flashlight because I was trying to dodge guys, there were some where I just left without ever finding the route. Like I just could not figure out where it was. There were there's a few that are actually underground. Like you have to go through a building and then go underground to get. 
Um, yeah. the, there's there's one in particular that's represented only by one marker, but there's actually three inside the building. Yep. I did. Yeah, I, I found that one because it's like I did it and I walked out of the building, but the marker was still there and I went back in and there was another one in the same room. Yeah. I found that that was a pretty good place to load up on supplies. Yeah, Yeah, that's where I kept going back to. Although that's the building, right, where there, it's really strange because you have to walk in down like a little corridor and some stairs. It's like a stairs that turn and then turn and then turn. And like it weirdly goes into like a cinematic view, like a pulled back cinematic view. And you see like something skitter across the wall and you see like a light go out. Hmm. And the, the thing that I like as I'm going down the stairs, I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like, you're telling me something's in here. turns out there was nothing in there, really. It was just rats in there. So I'm not really sure what was going on with, with all the foreshadowing. But then the thing I thought was even more funny was that you still got that cinematic view even when you were trying to walk back out. And so, like, <laughs> I can't even see where I'm going because now I'm facing the camera because the camera's in a very distinct spot now. And it, it makes perfect sense when you're going down the stairs. But when you're coming up the stairs, it's really hard to figure out where to walk. And uh, I don't know. I I spent a lot of time in that building, so I, I found it to be extra funny. I kind of just threw caution into the wind, and when I got done with the route, I moved on, even if I didn't have anything to use to burn with. So I was like, I'll make it to this route, but will I have anything to kill it with? Who knows? <laughs> and there was multiple times, and so this is the first one where I got pissed and had to... I actually, what I did was pause the game and walk away for about 30 minutes and then come back to him because I had one explosive bottle. It was a glass bottle. And there was a root that was one of those that kind of hangs off of a platform real high. I can't get to the platform, so I can't spray it with a can of spray. I'm going to have to physically throw it and then shoot it in the air. Well, oh, yes. this was one of them where there was a bunch of humans around it. And I fit, I had kind of just positioned myself to where the humans were all pretty much in front of me right there at the root. And I had, all right, I got it. I got it. Throw it. All right, slow-mo. And as I'm aiming at it and I'm waiting for it to get to where it needs to be to shoot it, I swear to fucking God, a human jumps like he's diving toward me in slow-mo, right? And when I pull the trigger, it shoots him directly in the fucking head. He, he falls over. Like he was diving in front of an assassin's bullet to save the president? That's, that's, awesome. it, that's, it, that's exactly what it was. And then I noticed, uh, while this is happening, I noticed that my glass bottle shatters on the root, and it's gone. And I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. That's the only fucking explosive I have. Now I have to run all the way back to a fucking car, hope that it has something that I can throw at this fucking thing. Man, you're talking about unloading a clip. I unloaded a fucking clip into that motherfucker. <laughs> he didn't die, but he was hurting. I wonder if this is the same route that I had a lot of trouble with. There's one that it says, so I had to look up how to do it. It says that it's too far away to hit, and you have to tape your bottle with some bullets to expand like the blast radius right I, that that wasn't the one and you can't reach it and you can like stand on the edge of one little outcropping and try to get it up there so i this was the hardest route for me because i must have made seven or eight different 
fully taped, like with ten flames full of um, flammable liquid inside it. So full bottles, taped up with bullets. And then I kept trying to throw at different angles, but for some reason, and like you could see, like if you look all the way up at the root, which is like across, it's, like it's on its own island, basically. You can't get to it. Um, I could see that the trajectory of my projectile was not going to make it up onto that cliff, and it was going to stop right like in front of the root. So I just kept trying to throw it like in front and then to the side and try and get it up there with the extended blast radius because of the bullets to try and get it. That never worked for me. I didn't uh, have to. I, I got that on the first try. I was afraid that I wasn't going to, and I just used a regular plastic bottle. I don't even see how that's possible. I did it at the base. I I detonated it at the base of the root. I couldn't find a place where you could stand to even be close enough to where you could get it at the base of the root. I I guess I just found that one pixel. So then what I ended up doing is apparently there's an alternative way to do it, which is to take a car and run it down the ramp. Yeah. And it does that slow motion thing as you go off the ramp. And then you land on the one that I was standing on to throw the bottles, and it flips the flaming carcass of a car up onto that island. Oh, that one. I know what that one is. Yeah, yeah, I know. I knew that one. That's I, the one that you, you absolutely cannot reach by throwing yeah, regular yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, bottles. Yeah, that, that one, I just, I just you know, jumped the car. Yeah, I eventually did that after I couldn't do it any other way. But th- – <laughs> I had so many issues with this freaking route because A, it took me so long to make all those explosive bottles that never worked. B, I kept trying to run my car down there and I would get up to full speed and I would hit a blade of grass and my car would go flying in the opposite direction. I swear to God, man. These are the same people who made fucking racing games. I could not get my car to smoothly go from ground to platform without hitching and feeling like I was going top speed and hitting a wall and basically flying off to the side. Or sometimes I would just fly straight up into the air and it would land on its hood. And then I had to go get another car and like nudge it off the nudge it off the ledge so I could try it again. There was a point at at the end of the game when in one of the 30 tries that it took me before I eventually gave up um, where I was driving flat road, nothing. Yep. I hit something invisible my car, the hood and the doors blew open. Yeah. The car went up in the air and did a 360 and landed. I, yeah, like so you you said, I, hit, I hit like a fucking blade of grass. Because <laughs> I'm just sitting there like, what the fuck was that? Yeah, mix that with a timer that's counting down. Holy yeah. crap, oh. is that frustrating. Yeah. Well, one last thing about that, that route that I thought was awesome was that so there's that ramp and this game loves to go into its slow-mo like cinematic view yeah when you're jumping a, a ramp the game also does it if you walk up to the ramp and leap off <laughs> like, <laughs> like everything like there's like a cone of slow motion like time dilation right in that little area because if you if an enemy chases you onto there that enemy goes in slow motion if you jump off the edge you go in slow motion nice there's, there's no cinematic jump here it's just me stepping off and it's all in slow motion i thought it was stupid <laughs> you know oh my god that's the epitome of this game when you're driving down a straight road and for no fucking reason you're in a head-on collision with nothing yeah <laughs> i just i don't know it's uh so anyway after burning the roots Wait. um 
Which, real quick, um, I like I said before, um, I was going by a fact that must have come out when the game came out originally. Okay. Because there's there's two different sections where you have to get to X amount of spectral vision. Yeah. For for me, it was fifteen and forty. Yeah, that, that's according, what the new version is. Yeah, according to the fact, it was. 30 and 75. Yeah. Yeah. And at 15 and 40, it's fucking padding and nothing but padding. Oh, yeah. I can't like, I mean, it took me an hour and a half to do the bare minimum. I can't imagine how much time you guys spent burning another, what are they, two things a piece? So 30 roots. I think there's only 27, 27. There's a lot that are worth four or five points each. Yeah, the ones that, that are kind of like a puzzle you have to finish, those those represent a little bit more. Oh, yeah, there's only actually, the absolute okay. easiest ones that are worth two points. Yeah. It's two or oh. more. So, okay. I mean, I, it, it took me a few hours. I think total I probably spent three hours. I probably took maybe two. It was um, – I mean, yeah, it's annoying. But, yeah – I distinctly remember having to burn them all, or not burn them all, but burn most of them in the first time I played it. That's just, that's crap. I mean, if you want to make that an achievement, that's fine. But to make you burn that many just to progress is, they were right to drop it, because that's crazy. So after, yeah, yeah, but so after um, getting our spectral vision to 40, we can now go to. I don't really know what this place is. It looks like it, it's a fucking it's a building with a flagpole in the middle of it. Now that I think about it. Oh, the kind of corkscrewy thing. I mean, well, what you do is is that you you make it to this area that is completely blocked off by this like wall, and you have to throw something fire over that invisible wall by using the spectral vision. Um, and then burn the tree itself. When you burn the tree, then you can go inside the building. And the building is basically just a a one-room building with a flagpole in the middle of it. Because you shine your light into one little thing on the wall. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It creates a hole where you can go down, and then you shoot the flagpole, use the rope to start going down. Yeah, that was weirdly... A weirdly small little building right there. I have no idea what that building was for. I'm curious. Do these buildings exist in Central Park? I think I, not. I'm not in the parts of Central Park that I've been to. Okay, I've never. That's been to, I've not never saying been to a whole lot. I've never been to New York, so I don't know. Um, I don't it, like you know. There's like a, a miniature castle with an observatory. <laughs> And shit like that. I mean, it's just... So anyway, when we make it to this building, we go underground. And this is basically the beginning of the end. Where we go into this ancient underground booby trap temple. That's the best way I can describe it. Where it's basically just a bunch of puzzles that you have to complete. Um, One of them... Most of them using light. Um, in fact, I think pretty much all of them use some type of beam of light. 
Yeah, pretty much. They start off with easily of just moving this platform or moving this sign. It looks like a fucking sign from like a fucking art gallery <laughs> that you just move um, and then opens a door. Okay, well, that's not too difficult. All right, well, then we move on to other ones like uh, one that when you move this platform, the walls start coming in on you. And if you don't move it back, they will close on you. Yeah, trash compactor style. And you have to, um, you have to basically use debris to set it on fire. Then use the the fire from the debris to set the platform on fire, so that it's slowly withering away. So that way you can run and get on a platform to raise you up whenever it finally goes away and the the beam of light comes across. See, I kind of wish there was more of this sprinkled out throughout the game and get rid of some of the other extraneous stuff. Because, like, the game clearly likes fire. Like, a big part of this game is fire. I wish there was more of these puzzles. Well. And less extraneous other stuff. Well, let me talk about the next two puzzles before we start saying, hey, I want more of these. (laughs) Because the next one is you're on this platform and there's these pendulums. They keep swinging back and forth. And you have to time this shit fucking perfectly. So you have a sign in your hand. And you have to hold the sign to their left. This is actually one of the times where the lock-on actually works. And it, it seems to... It works to where I need it to. To where I can hold the sign where I want. So I hold the sign up. It cuts off the beam of light. And the platform stops moving. You have to time that right so that you don't get knocked off by the pendulums. And it's fucking precise. I swear. Yeah, I didn't think it was that hard, but it was it was tight timing. Yeah, I got knocked I, off this fucker at least five times. I was okay with that one. The it's not a maze. Yeah, but that one was fucked. Yeah, that was the last one. Yep. There's one before that one where. Spikes. Oh, spike floor. Yeah, yeah I, I, I still don't know what the fuck I did in that one. I just kind of waved shit around, yeah. and it, I could never really figure out the rhyme or reason to why you would want to block it on the left as opposed to the right. Yeah, it, it just, was just like right, left, right, or left, right, yeah. left. Yeah. I, I just kind of did shit until shit happened. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I did, and that meant me dying about five times. So... Because of that, I'm pretty much on the brink of death. Now, we need to keep that in mind for later on. So I'm on the brink of death doing all these puzzles. Eventually, we make it to the last puzzle, which is Dave alluded to. is basically this very dark room um, where you have to take a sign, light it on fire, so that way you can light your way. It's kind of like a maze, but it's not really. It's basically a bunch of platforms that you have to walk on that deviate to different places. Sometimes they lead to dead ends. Other ones lead to more branches. You have to eventually make it to the other side of the room. At the same time, the the, the ceiling is coming down on you, so you have to move fast. As long as you're not blocking the light beam. Yes. You can still use the sign that's on fire to block the light beam, which makes the ceiling stop moving. This means that you have to be locked on and holding this thing out to the left while you're trying to walk forward and keep it in the beam of light. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
and seeing where you're walking at the same time. Yeah, and it turns out that doesn't work real well. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Um, and that's the last puzzle. After that, we eventually make it to this room where it's kind of like a tunnel. There, there's a big room, um, and there is um, a, like a pedestal. On the top of it. it's a circular room with a pedestal in the middle of it, and there's something on top of that pedestal. Well, you light the pedestal on fire, much like you did in the first puzzle, and you can pick up this this large idol-looking thing. And he holds it kind of like he does whenever, he, uh, like a battering ram, like those items where you have the battering ram. And there's a little puzzle where it's like, oh, you know, where the fire reaches or something like that there's uh, there's, there's another way or something like that so it's basically a, a a rock wall that you can knock out mm-hmm. when you do that we eventually run into the key at this point I'm getting flashbacks to uh, uh, God the last crusade yeah that's yeah. exactly what I thought of when he finds the knight sitting there yeah except this guy looks like he's from ancient Egypt and his name is Hermes. That sounds plausible. Hermes. Yeah, something like that. Um, and he's he's wearing like a loincloth, and like he looks <laughs> like he's from ancient Egypt. <laughs> the way his loincloth flutters in the one ending. That's that's what I'm that's yeah. what I'm getting. That's what I was going <laughs> yep. to talk about. Was that this wonderful, always persistent wind? It it doesn't flutter for him for some reason in this one cutscene it just flaps straight up in the air and I was <laughs> like well they didn't model his dick at least because I not amnesia yeah it's not amnesia <laughs> but I mean they, but it, it, it like the whole fucking cutscene it just stayed up on his chest the whole time I'm like are you fucking kidding me right now it's like this is so fucking ridiculous <laughs> so anyway um we run into him and he says he is the key. He's the one who created this huge contraption inside Central Park. And Lucifer is going to be released. But I have the other part of the stone. You have your part of the stone. We combine it together. And this is where the story gets kind of fuzzy to me. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, like, please finish that sentence. See, I, I can't. What was the point of combining them together? So here's the deal. All right. Let we'll talk. Right, let's just let's table that for right now. I want to talk about the most important part of this entire game, and that is getting into a fucking pickup truck and driving back to the fucking museum. Holy this, fucking shit! <laughs> this is the most annoying part of this entire fucking game, which is incredible. Given some of the other parts of the, given some of the other stuff that has happened just in this half of the game. Yes. Yeah. They have Climbing a lot of rope, for worst the, part of the, the game. You know, the, the not maze, maze thing. All of those were terrible. This is awful. If you hit the brakes and pull the emergency brake on the pickup, it might stop in 200 feet. Yeah. <laughs> this thing I mean, has some momentum. Yeah. Your brakes are non-existent. Um, so many times I would either roll it or I would hit a tree and it would just switch to first person. And, and I guess I died. I, I don't know. It just, everything stopped. 
We'll see. And that's, then- that's what I need to get to. Because like I told you, while I was doing all these puzzles, I kept getting damaged. I'm at the brink of death. If I hit one fucking thing on this road, I'm going to die in a collision. Oh, that's awful. Yes. This is how fucking annoying this shit was. If I hit one thing going 30 miles an hour or faster, it was over. I had to start it over from the beginning. Oh, my God. Holy shit. This, I was like, there's no way to heal. I don't have any healing sprays. I don't have enough time to use healing sprays. So this is timed, okay? Lucifer, and the weird thing is they keep adding time to yeah, it. Yeah, they keep adding time to it. I don't know what it is about it. So you get phone calls from Sarah constantly saying, all right, I got the lock made. I need the key. Oh, just so happens the key's this guy. I'm going to have to bring him to you. Okay, well, you kind of hurry up because this contraption thing is fucking going crazy. All right, all right, these balls start rolling down these spiraling things, and then the platform comes up. And then, I oh, I need to stop it. I'm sorry, miss. That is not possible. I created this thing. I swear to God, I heard that a million times. Then... Is like oh you I we have to stop it I'm the key I'm like shut oh, the God, fuck I up I said that <laughs> I'm the key he says it like that I was like shut the oh my God I just want to punch him in the fucking face <laughs> he, he's like if we are worthy enough we will live I'm like we're not worthy enough because I keep dying constantly and that's when she tells him she's gonna kick him in the balls yeah I was like. It's like, oh, my foot through your balls is what she says. Or some shit like that. I'm like, this, fuck the dialogue. This is stupid. Get me to the fucking museum. I made it to the ramp. I swear to God, I made it to the ramp at least four times and fucked up the jump twice, hit something on the side, died in a head-on collision, and then I finally made it on the fourth try. Here's the thing. I could never find the ramp. Because basically, you know, there's, there's the the dot on the map. If you go there, it is the corner of a building. So, you know, you need to be inside the building and I could get there with like a minute and a half left and just start driving around the museum. And there's a lot of trenches around there that you can get stuck in, but I could never find the way to actually get into the museum. I mean, is it is it around the north side? What what the fuck's going on here? It's basically when you jump that ramp, you land basically where you need to be. Get out of the car and start walking forward. You'll eventually make it inside the building, and there is a lock. What what ramp? The flaming ramp. The flaming ramp where you jump to the to the museum, and when you land, you can just go ahead and jump out of the car and start walking. Is it? Okay, because the only flaming ramp I can think of, I kept blowing up when I went over, so I started driving around it. Okay, I think you went the wrong way. You have. I went. If you, if you to, go around, there's basically two access roads: the right and the left. If you go around the right, you just run out of time. They stop adding time, so you have to go the left. I I don't know. It's whatever. It's my problem. I eventually just fucking skipped it. After like the 25th try of not getting this right, I said fuck it. So yeah. congratulations to the two of you for managing to do it. Well, see, the thing is, is like the first time I was like, I don't know where to go from here. There's a there's a um, a locked uh, shutter door. Oh yeah. And yeah. I didn't I didn't know I was supposed to pull out my fucking gun in first person mode and then shoot the lock. I was like, where the fuck do I go? Yeah, if you if you skip, that's exactly where it starts you. Yeah. I was, I was like, I don't know where to go. There's this fucking half naked guy walking around talking about he's a key. 
And, and it's like, I don't know where to go. And so I looked it up in the facts. I was like, fuck it. I had my phone in my hand and I paused the game and I kept unpausing with the phone, put the phone down and start playing. That's how I did the rest of this fucking game. Because I was like, this is stupid. See, I didn't have any problem with this whole last chapter. I got to be honest. Well, uh, give yourself a rubber fucking cookie, okay? <laughs> but you, you know I always have problems with everything. I know, but... Everything takes forever. But, so that whole drive across Central Park, the first time I did it, I ran out of time. So the second time I did it, instead of going on all the little cul-de-sacs, I just cut across the across the, the grassy parts. Yeah. And then I think I crashed once. And then the third try, I got it. This took me at least 20 times. Really? At least. Absolutely. I, yeah, I, I, I was up in that number for sure. So when I heard you guys complaining about it, I was surprised because I, I figure I'm usually the one to have more trouble with with everything than anyone else does. But, I mean, yeah, after that it was just follow this dude around. I don't know. I, I did my classic controller throw that I haven't done in a long time. <laughs> Like I, I took the controller – like I used to do it whenever I lived in my old roommate's place. I used to have high ceilings, and I used to – whenever I played Street Fighter, I'd get really pissed off whenever I'd lose, and i just kind of throw it straight up in the air and hit the ceiling and, let it, and then catch it. I did, I did, I actually did that in my own home. I didn't hit the ceiling, but I did flip it really fast like that and catch it. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I chucked I mine I still on had the a coffee really table a few times. <laughs> but, yeah. So when you shoot the the lock, the door automatically lifts up, and you get like this cutscene of of uh, uh, Crowley holding Sarah hostage with a gun, and he's kind of hiding behind her. And uh, at this point, after I made it, I was like, "All right, I know I hit a checkpoint." So I shot Sarah directly in the face. <laughs> and I was like, "You did this to me." <laughs> 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 and then I lowered the checkpoint. Then I did what I needed to do. Uh, you shoot Crowley in the face. Did, did you have a problem with that? No. Because like the first four times that I did it, there's like within the first 10 seconds of his spiel, there's a point where she moves to the left. Yeah. So he's exposed. And I mean, right in the middle of his head, I pull the trigger and then he's like, nope, sorry. And then shoots me dead. <laughs> It wasn't until the fifth try as I'm like, I've got to be doing this wrong. And I just kept doing it. And eventually, you know, I, I didn't change my aim, but I actually shot him. I, I don't know. Hmm. I, I did it the, right the first time I, I tried it. But you shoot him. He's dead. I think even he, he does the classic, like, talk to the dead guy. It's like, I, I can't remember. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's hard to be full of yourself with a hole in your head or some bullshit like that. Yeah, something about prophecies and a bullet in your brain. Yeah. And so uh, um, eventually we, we, we get taken by the Egyptian dude into another secret room where it's huge. It's like this gigantic fucking cave, and there's this huge like portal at the end of it. And uh, he says, this is the portal where Lucifer will come into our world. Here, take my, take my key. Put your key here. We're going to combine them together. Why? 
I don't get what we're doing. That's the that's yeah. The, it seems like we're summoning Satan. Yeah, that, that's exactly what it is. Because when we do, when we put the key together, the, the the portal opens up, and he's like, "Oh, when the the seven rings light, that's when Satan will enter our world." And the rings are lighting up slowly. And if that was the twist, I'd be okay with it. Oh, he tricked everybody. It was actually a Satan worshiping cult. Now he's coming. But like. That we're still under the pretense that we're trying to stop Satan. Yeah. But all, all we're doing now is summoning him. So I, I really did not know what was happening. And so we take the stone. They tell us to take the stone. We take the full stone. And then Satan enters into Edward Carnby. And he's kind of like reeling in pain. And Sarah grabs the stone, takes it from him. And she becomes possessed by Satan. And then... Hermes, whatever the fuck his name is, comes and walks over, and he says, well, you have a choice. You can kill her, or you can walk away. And so, there poses your two endings. If you shoot her, Satan leaves her body, comes back into Edward, Edward becomes Satan, and takes Hermes and kind of like levitates him toward the portal, and He's like, yeah, he says, humans will fight back. He says, you think I came alone? And then that's the end of the game. Yep. But if you don't shoot her, she gets up. He hugs her. He's, she's like, I love you. I love you too. Ah. And then when he, like, he lets go of her, she sees that her face is all fucked up because Satan has possessed her. And then he starts to walk away. And she, Satan says, how does it feel to be alone? And he says, I'm used to it. And roll credits. Yeah. It's not like take care of Satan. Yeah, that's the thing. I was like, dude, Satan is in your world. What What the fuck now? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a, so Satan shows up either way. Yeah. Yeah, um, see, I actually messed up the ending of the game. Uh, because before I put my stone on there, and Hermes said, all right, once these... Uh, no, I, I think I put my stone up there, and then it's like, all right, you've activated it. Now once the stone's... Or once the rings all light up, Satan will be here. At that point, I just stood there and I said, "Okay." I I waited this whole game to see Satan. I'm not doing a thing until I see his face, and then it says game over. Oh, you you waited too long. <laughs> yeah, well, Satan I, showed up. <laughs> I waited too long, but that's I was intentionally waiting for him to show up. I'm like, "All right, good. He's coming. Let's let, let, let's see him." And then it's like, "Nope, restart." I'm like, "Which ending was that? That doesn't seem like an ending." And then I had to re redo. Obviously, and then actually get to the ending where Satan comes and enters somebody. But at first, I was like, "All right, I don't really get it. I wanted to see Satan, and my game just ended." Yeah. So that's that. That was where a lot of my hate come from. Comes from, uh, of course, the driving section really pissed me the hell off. But I remember them having the game having really shitty endings. But when I saw them again, I was like, you know what? Fuck this cocksucking game. I was like, this is the shittiest fucking endings I've ever seen in my life. They but, make no fucking sense. You know what, though? I was I was thinking about this afterwards, and in a way, it totally makes sense. Because in the end, after everything you do, no happiness comes out of this. <laughs> this is true. And that is the fucking lesson of this game. No matter what you do, no happiness will come. 
you just don't put it in your machine at all. Don't ever start it up. Don't do anything because it, it all ends with Satan showing up. Yeah. You know, it, it just all ends with misery, you know, for your character, for you, for fucking everybody. Yeah. And somehow I platinum this game. Yeah. I chose my torture. I Yeah, I don't. Well, once you suffer through the game, there's not that much left to do. To there's play. not. I, I I say I do it. I did an extra hour of stuff, and it was basically me loading up chapter seven and doing that subway mission to kill a bunch of guys. That was it. Hmm. See, I, you guys are stronger men than me. I I couldn't stand the idea of one more minute of stuff that I didn't absolutely have to do. Alone in the fucking dark. This is there's a reason why eating games is no more. that's true but you know something because I was looking this up Alone in the Dark um, it has meddling scores obviously Um, Inferno is the highest rated I think it has like a 67 Metacritic rating Um, but it it was actually a a, 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 a well renowned seller even though it was really? shit, yeah, oh yeah. Um, apparently, in two th- in the at the end of two thousand eight, it sold over one point nine million copies. Really? Damn. Yeah. And they were already they were and in two thousand nine they were floating around the idea of we're gonna have a sequel to this. <laughs> See, the thing is, it, this is a game where if you told me the story of the game, I'd be down. Because at this game's best, it is kind of like Raiders of the Lost Ark meets the Da Vinci Code with some satanic elements. That sounds fucking awesome. This game could have been awesome if somebody completely different made it. I... Yeah, the, the, the premise itself is not bad. It's just the execution. Yeah. At almost every stage. Every fucking step of the way, dude. I mean, seriously, like, I had nostalgia for this game, but going back to it and seeing how shittily it holds up, I it kind of shattered a lot of my nostalgia for it. Well, yeah, like, when when we talked about this originally, you and Ken both told me, oh, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a really interesting game. It does a lot of stuff, you know, but it will drive you nuts. And playing it, I'm like, how is It Will Drive You Nuts not the first and only thing that you said? Yeah, that's well, because in 2008, it did a lot of charming shit that I'd never seen before. But now that I've seen stuff like that done already, going back to it now, it's just a broken piece of shit. It's, uh... it, is, it, it is the definition of a product of its time. It, it really, like, lo- looking at it now, you know, when you say it Metacritic to like a 67, I'm thinking, how? Yeah. You know, that's decent. This is not decent. <laughs> but then, but you're right. I'm I'm playing it in 2014, not in 2008. Yeah. That's, that is the unfortunate fact. I had a lot of respect for this game. Um, I still have respect for it in very small aspects. I still think the soundtrack is amazing. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue with that. I I really don't think that I was quite as negative on it as the two of you. I still really did like the ideas that it had. 
and the music was good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, music is good. I just like, you know, I mean, if if the game plays like shit, at least give me a halfway coherent story. But that last chapter made no fucking sense whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's tough when you have to suffer through a game like this to then be so disappointed in the ending. It's like you can't even hold it up as like one positive note to end on. Like, it's like it was kind of annoying the whole way through and then sucked at the end. Well, and, you know, all the way up to the end, you know, they're shoehorning in this incredibly fast-paced relationship between them. You know, he gives her CPR, and then they're making out, and then in the ending where you don't shoot her, you know, whatever's happening stops, and he hugs her, and she's like, do you love me? And he's like, of course. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, this makes no fucking sense. You literally met this woman earlier this night. Yeah. Yep. You know, that that to me was was almost the most offensive part of the ending. <laughs> It's just that they would try that. I just, like, I couldn't figure out what the fuck was going on as far as Satan is coming. We need to stop him. Okay. Yeah, that's this whole game. That's what doesn't, that's what I don't get. Yeah. The whole, that's the premise of the whole game. And then we're like, okay. Why, why are we doing this? It's, it's like, you know, they were trying to do something with the twist kind of like the first Bioshock did, but they really did a bad job of it. So it didn't, it doesn't quite come across what they're trying to do. You know, Matt, like you said, like, you know, maybe the point is that, you know, you've been tricked all along and you got suckered into raising or, you know, bringing Lucifer into the world, but that's not really made clear either. Yeah. Right. That doesn't seem like what they're trying to do at the end either. If they're pulling it's, it's, a twist, they never actually did it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just left super ambiguous to the point where you don't know what you're supposed to feel about it. Yeah, I'm done with this game. <laughs> I'm glad <laughs> I have the Platinum because now I literally have no reason to ever pick it up again. It, exactly. That's exactly what I said. I said I have officially done everything you can do in this game and I will never, ever go back to it. Ever. And I now own two copies. Yay. Oh, Jesus. Which I, I do have to mention, I don't know if I mentioned on this podcast or not, but um, uh, there was uh, Green Man Gaming did a uh, sell on, um, oh God, Nordic Games. And they used a picture of Edward Carnby. Um, it, it was Edward Carnby and like the guy from Painkiller and, and another uh, video game character from Nordic Games. Well, Nordic Games has no association with Alone in the Dark. And I was like, why do you have a picture? I just randomly tweeted it. I was like, why do you have a picture of Edward Carnby, but you don't have Alone in the Dark on sale? And they said, oh, you picked up on our um, deliberate <laughs> mistake. And then they gave me like three bucks for uh, credit at Green And Bank. replaced the image immediately. And then immediately replaced the image. of <laughs> It was supposed to be Alan Wake. Uh, yeah, that, that, I remember that. That was pretty great. And I was like, and I was like, you know what's funny? Because it, it was the day bef- it was the day we released uh, our first podcast for Alone in the Dark, and we used the exact same image. And I, I posted to him. I was like, I know all this because we just talked about Alone in the Dark yesterday on a podcast, and I used this image, and I posted the podcast <laughs> to them, <laughs> and they were, <laughs> and I was like, well. Playing this shitty game got me three bucks. So, all right. 
I think I may have paid for the game. I can't remember how much I paid for it. I think I pay. Uh, I think I got it on eBay for ten bucks. Sounds right. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Well, that's alone in the dark. Edward Carnby, you son of a bitch. I hope somebody can do you right someday, but I'm not holding my breath. I, I I wonder who owns that IP now. I guess Atari still does. That's that's actually very. I'm very curious about that because Alone in the Dark was kind of a, a, a somewhat big franchise. I'm curious now. I, I need to know this. The first Did the ones on the PS One ever sell well? Um, the new Nightmare, the Lost the, something, or yeah, the new Nightmare. Um, let me see here. I kind of still want to check out the original, original one. I'm looking at it right now. Because I think it's it's on PSN, isn't it? Like six bucks or something? Uh, it may be. Uh, no, it's on. Uh, it only came on MS DOS. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the new Nightmare one that must be on PSN. Uh, it is. Uh, it came okay. out on 3DO and also on Mac in 1994. Because that's when we first started talking about doing this. That's what I thought we were talking about. Um. And it was developed by Infograms. Um, who is part of Atari. So I guess Atari owns the license to Alone in the Dark. And Atari's not doing too well nowadays. Yeah. So I don't know. Do you think this one soured people? On the next one? I absolutely Even do. though, I mean, if it sold 2 million copies, that sounds pretty good. For I a... just want to be in 2 million pissed off people. <laughs> this, is very, yeah. this is very that's, true. That's pretty good unless those were the only people who were going to buy the next game and now they're not going to. Oh, wow. yeah. <laughs> I think those people are feeling very fool me once right now. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. There was another Alone in the Dark movie. There was two of them? There was two of them. Alone in the Dark 2 is a 2009 German-American horror film starring Rick Yoon, Rachel Spector, Lance... Wow, I can't pronounce these names. It's a sequel to Uwe Boll's 2005 Alone in the Dark, although it features an entirely new cast and a story that is unrelated to the original film. Alone in the Dark 2 was filmed in New York City and Los Angeles and is loosely based on Atari's Alone in the Dark video game series. Oh, you mean so, UV Bull's not involved and has nothing to do with the first movie? It's definitely a step up then. Uh, no, he produced it. He did oh, not direct right. it, but he did produce it. I, li- I like that it's a sequel with a totally different cast and plot. Rick Yoon plays Edward Carnby. Oh, wow! Johnny Tran from Fast and Furious plays Edward Carnby. All right, Does I know he look it. like the guy on the cover of this game? Which is to say, not the guy in the game? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, here, I will bring it up. This is Ricky Yoon. Or maybe Yun. There you go. So there you Wait, go. He plays Edward Carnby? He, he plays Edward Carnby. Well, he wasn't typecast. Yeah, this is true. I know way too much about the Fast and Furious, and that's where I know him from. But anyway. I don't think I've ever seen any of those movies. You've never seen the Fast and the Furious movies? I've only seen the first one. I think think I've seen one of 
them. Fellas, I think you guys need to have a movie night. Because... Um, my, my wife loves that shit. I mean, and any movie where just stuff blows up and there's fast cars, she's all about. Once again, I have asked you this multiple times. Does she have a sister? <laughs> no. <laughs> the only one of her. Damn it. I, I loan her out on weekends, though. Okay, then I might need to borrow for a few. I actually have to go to a wedding where my ex-girlfriend's going to be. Oh, that's awesome. In fact, she's going to be in the wedding with me. <laughs> oh. oh, God. So if I could get me, if, you, if anybody knows any women that could really make her jealous <laughs> and come with me to the wedding. Phoenix my, down dating. As my plus one. Please let please please let me know. But yeah, um, yeah, watch watch um, watch the Fast and Furious man. It's actually pretty awesome. Some of them are. Too Fast Too Furious is the worst one. John Singleton directed that. But anyway, um, yeah, that's alone in the dark. I'm done talking about it. Seriously, this game is shit. I mean, go, going back to it now, this game does not hold up. Matt, I know you liked it. And you well, were... that might be a little bit of a stretch to say I liked it. Okay. You, <laughs> you have you tolerated you, it. You tolerated it. Yeah, yeah. You tolerated it way more than we did. And oh man, I it, this is this is kind of a first for me as far as far as Phoenix Down goes. Is going back to a game and saying, you know, this really does not hold up at all. Because most of the time when I go back and play a game that I've obviously played before, I'm like, oh, man, that was, that was a great game, you know? <laughs> no, not this one. I've I've kind of – it's tarnished my memories of the game. But um, let me go through the whole spiel of, hey, you can follow us all on Twitter. I am at DML Fury. Matt is at R-E-M-G-S. And Dave is at BoxDP. Uh, you can also follow the podcast itself at ZTGD Phoenix Down. Uh, please leave us an iTunes review if you would. Um, we try not to bash Call of Duty on here. <laughs> Hopefully that person doesn't listen to this one and give us a one star there too. I got no hatred for Call of Duty. Uh, you know it, when I when I when I first started playing Call of Duty, I fucking loved it. I think I've earned the right to bash on Call of Duty because I've I have played numerous ones multiple times. I mean, Call of Duty Two was insane. I I was like in the top ranked in Call of Duty Two. Modern Warfare One, I played the shit ton out of. I quit after Modern Warfare Two and said, you know what? I'm done giving these people money for the exact same shit. So, but that's just me. And it's my opinion. And it's my podcast, so I can say whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> so give me a one-star review. I don't give a shit. Actually, give me a one-star review. I'd like to read it. But uh, other than that, you can send us an email. Uh, Drew at ZTGD.com will get uh, that email to me. And uh, you can suggest games to us. Um, if you have any memories of Alone in the Dark, please let me know. I would... I would definitely like to know what your thoughts are um, and suggest games to us. But um, first, coming up next week, 
I'm going to be playing through a game that I've actually never I, – I, I will say I've played it before, but I've, I've made it maybe 10, 15 minutes into the game. Uh, we're going to be playing through Dino Crisis. Uh, I can't remember what year that came out. It was after Resident Evil, wasn't it? Uh, yes, definitely after Resident Evil. So it's like 97 maybe? I think it was after Resident Evil 2. two? So it might be 98. I can't remember. Uh, so it will not be our oldest game we've ever done. The oldest game we've ever done is still Crash Bandicoot Warped. Ooh, looks like 99. Oh, really? 99? August 31st. Man, that doesn't even sound that old. Well, <laughs> I was 13 when it came out, so... <laughs> but, um, yeah, we're going to play Dino Crisis. I'm actually kind of nervous to play this game. Not I am, too, because I love... Capcom PS1 games. I love everything related to Resident Evil. I've never played Dino Crisis. Was this the developers of Resident Evil? That I don't know. Okay. Yeah. 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 I don't know. That that'd be a good thing to look up for the next episode. I'm Shinji curious. Mikami. Well, did he did he create the the first Resident Evil and the second one? I thought he was the main guy over Resident Evil Four. I think he's always been the main Resident Evil guy. Has he? Yeah, he's the Resident Evil guy. Okay, I just want to make sure. Yeah, I, I know he was. I know, I know people didn't really start talking about him until Resident Evil Four came out. Yeah, he's the director and producer for Dino Crisis and also for Resident Evil. Interesting. Okay. Cool. Well, I'm a little nervous because going back to tank controls and static cameras is not my thing. But we'll find out. Uh, but yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else. I, I think that's all. Um, I do appreciate everybody listening. I hope you enjoyed hearing us talk about our shitty time with Alone in the Dark. <laughs> I mean, seriously, we do this shit for you guys. <laughs> how about, yeah, how about a little gratitude, motherfuckers? <laughs> but uh, yeah. That's pretty much it for me. Um, we will be back next week. Um, it, you know, it, Hopefully we will be back next week. I'm sure we're going to try to be, unless anything else happens. Uh, but we will be back with Dino Crisis. But until then, I am Drew. And I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we are out of here. Hope you guys have a great week. And we'll catch you next week with Dino Crisis. Yeah.